It's Friday night, 7 o'clock. It's time for the sports phone. It is time for oh, yeah. the sports phone here on KZYX. It is Friday, June 11th. Jerry is in Portland. Jim's in the studio. We're back for another week of the show. Jim, what's new? It's uh, it's raining a little bit here in the middle of June, and uh, no one knows why, and, and um, it's not helping much. It's this little drizzle. I don't think it's going to... It's going to boost up any of the uh, new or old wells in the area, but... Um, Sort of nice to get the dust off out of the air, and uh, it felt really good turning on the windshield wipers. I, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah, it, it rained a little bit here. You, you have nothing? We talked a little bit about the show. Oh, you did, yeah, I do. I do. I actually, I do want to ask you about something. Yeah. Uh, something you've been, I mean, I don't know. You're going to have, I assume you're going to have kids someday, Jeremy. And when your child is this excited and into something that, it's quite outstanding when, you know, I never pulled off something like this when I was your age. Jerry, all week long, rustled up five friends of his, five partners, you might call them, and they got together and bought season tickets, two seats with five partners to the Blazers, the Portland Trail Blazers. Jerry's going to have the seasons pass. Are, are you going to take Jack Nicholson to one of your games? Yeah, I don't think he's making. I don't think he's making the trip up to uh, up to Portland anytime soon. But no, I'm really excited. Yeah, as, as Jim said, uh, me and four four friends, three coworkers, and uh, a good friend of mine, we went in on tickets together. Uh, the math is going to play out to we're each going to get eight games, and there's three left over that we're going to have to figure out what to do with. Uh, yeah, we're really excited. We're going to have a draft. We're going to all get together uh, in in a couple months once once the new NBA season comes schedule comes out. We're gonna pick our games. We'll have a really good time. Uh, hopefully, so you're I'll gonna, make some money on it if, you're, you're, uh, if I sell some tickets. And should be a good time. I'm excited. You're gonna take. You're, you're gonna take turns like a, a real draft yeah. and, and nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll rotate through. Uh, it should be fun. We all went in with the same amount of money, so we're all gonna get the same amount of games. It should be a really good time. I'm excited. Uh, it's something I wanted to do when I was in Phoenix, but never really had the group that be open that wanted to do it. Uh, but got out to Portland, had a couple friends that were interested, and. Uh, yeah, we got it together in about a week. It was it was really fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to next basketball season, getting to go watch a bunch of Blazers. Well, um, I'm ready to, to start the, the normal stuff. Um, yeah. But so, uh, 707-895-2448, I would rather have people call and start their normal stuff. So I'm, I'm ready to talk. Well, go well, ahead, Jerry. Well, just to kind of get into that a little bit, I was going to say, uh, to give some context to what Jim's saying, um, if you were new to the show, uh, sports phone, really simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. As Jim said, phone lines are open, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. We really don't care what it is you want to talk about as long as it is sports related in some way. Give us a call, 707-895-2448, and we'll talk sports. Whatever opinions, thoughts, questions, comments, quizzes, whatever you want to do with us, as long as it's sports-related, uh, give us a call. We want to talk about it, so we look forward to taking your calls as we get rolling throughout the show here. I always enjoy that the people call up, Jaron, and and uh, try to stump the hosts, which are basically trying to stump the, all the listening audience. If you're into that, do your research, because 
Jerry's going to come up with the answer in 20 seconds anyways. So I get, <laughs> but you, you can try. If it's not in the t- bottom, back of my mind, I don't get it. But uh, just like we have some rules here, I think we should have some rules to stump the host. You can use any kind of technology you want to try to find the answer. That's my rule. And the same. No, see, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> okay. I think the rules are set by the person that asked the question. All right, all right. Um, that that gives them a little more option of giving hints, I think. Exactly. And then I also want to say one other thing that's different on the sports phone than most of the call-in shows in KZYX, um, and it's just our policy on usually the unwanted double dipping or triple dipping or quadruple dipping. You can call the sports phone as many times as you want. Just um, respect our ability to uh to cut you off if we want to if uh if we want to move on to another caller so uh you can call back if someone uh challenges one of your ideas call back and give it back to them yep well where are we at this day in sports june 11th yeah, let's let's talk about it on this day in sports june 11th uh jim you want to go first i'll go, go first because uh it, it's funny that we actually picked the same one so i want to go first yeah yeah it's rare that this happens and you know this is a pr- I've been focusing on things like this just just since, I mean, the George Floyd thing started a lot of discussion about races, races mm-hmm. and racism. In 1959, Charles Sifford was the first black man in the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. Mm-hmm. That That's an amazing... So can we call him? Is it, is it appropriate, the Jackie Robinson of golf? Is that the same uh, yeah. idea? I think it's I think it's the same idea. Sure. Um, I I think the only thing I would say there would be, and this is getting into a you know a very specific discussion or argument. You can be a professional golfer but not have competed in the U.S. Open. Like I, I don't oh, know like, what the, the PGA rules were for other tournaments and huh. so on and so forth. So so that would be the only thing I would say there. But uh, sure, if it, it, it's a notable thing, I think it's it's probably very similar. I, I would also like to say, and Jim, I don't know if you have it still pulled up. The picture of this guy is incredible oh, I know. on the website. <laughs> I saw it. I he's, saw it. He's got a hat, a cigar in his mouth. I want to go <laughs> play a round of golf with this guy. Do, do you think, uh, this could spur some conversation, do you think there was a day before 1959 sometime when black people weren't allowed in professional golf? I, you got to assume if they weren't allowed in baseball. I would imagine at some point it was. Just a matter. This is uh, this is like I want to say seventeen years, but I don't think that's right. This is before. This is after Jackie Robinson. When was Jackie Robinson um, in the twenties, thirties? No, no, it was in the. I think it was in the the mid forties. Um, and this was nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, I'm guessing some sports, tennis, golf. Yeah, Jackie Robinson was in nineteen forty seven. Hmm. So this is twelve years. Twelve years later. Twelve years later. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good one. I, like, I think it's funny, as you said, it's always interesting when we come to the same the same one. Um, so I had to pick a different one. And this is one of those things that I see it, I understand why it happened in 1955, and it also makes sense to why now there's so much more protection at a racetrack. In 1955, <laughs> uh, a race, the Le Mans race car accident killed 83 spectators. And the thing that I found really interesting about this was in parentheses at the end, it says the race continued. Oh, so, what, so what I'm curious about with that, and again, I, I didn't look into this like I normally don't really look into these. 
did they stop the race like to see what was going on and then restart it, or was it just like, oh, some car hit eighty three people? They're just going to keep going now. I remember I, there I, was there was another time when a bunch of car parts flew over the fence. I remember that, but and I heard and during that time of that event, they, um, they also talked about that event in nineteen. What year was it? Fifty five. Yeah, nineteen fifty five. So um, I, I do remember. Um, geez, th- now there's some there's some uh, there's some fan interaction right there. He- hello, caller, you're on the air. Is that me? That's you. Okay, well I'm Irene. I live in Fort Bragg now, but I'm originally from New Jersey. Uh huh. And my mother was a big fan of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mine too. Keep going. Okay, so. I went to a Brooklyn Dodgers game. I think it was about what? What was the year that integration started? Jericho. Uh, 19, 1947. 47. Okay, so I was a little kid, but I went to a Brooklyn Dodgers game with my mom. It was the only one we ever went to, but it was wonderful. And my mother had a big cup of beer on her lap. <laughs> Jackie Robinson hit a home run. My mother jumped up out of her seat. Spilled the beer all over the African American woman sitting in front of her. Oh wow! And my mother was so sorry, and she was <laughs> apologizing. She was just, so, "Oh, I'm so please, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean." And the woman turned around, reached out her hand, shook my mother's hand, and said, "It's okay, dear. Jackie hit a home run in the major league." Yeah. Wow. So that was my favorite Brooklyn Dodgers memory. But then those bums left Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you hear now? Now that that's um, caller, I'm, I want you to stay on. Jerry, will you explain to this caller in case they weren't listening last week about the, oh, the history of of the Giants and and the Dodgers? Well, I mean, it's just a short history of how it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so caller, if you weren't listening last week, do you know the the history of that move and what happened between the, the with the with the with the Brooklyn Dodgers? Um, I probably tried to forget it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's totally fair. So what ended up happening? I don't remember which which owner did it, but I believe one well, one of the owners, either the owner of the New York Giants or the owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers, made the decision to move their team to California to either Los Angeles or San Francisco, respectively. And the owner that made that decision to move, he reached out to the other owner and said, "Hey, we're rivals. If we split up, we're no longer going to be rivals. Come out to the West Coast with me." So that's kind of the story behind that is that they almost decided to move together to keep that Giants Dodgers rivalry alive um, instead of having it split. Okay. Are, did did you move out here too, caller? Well, I moved out here <laughs> in well, what twenty two years ago in nineteen what twenty two years ago, whatever that was. Yeah. And uh, oh, I, I know. I arrived on my vacation. I, I was living in, I grew up in New Jersey. I moved to the city when I finished school. And um, I took a vacation. I thought I was calling it a vacation to San Francisco. And this was after, you know, schlepping through the snow in New York and the humidity. And people in San Francisco <laughs> were apologizing to me for the weather on the Northern California coast. Well, it's kind of like this all year, so you probably have to have a jacket. Well, June seventh, nineteen sixty-seven, is the date I arrived in California on my vacation. But I never went back to live in this city again. Nice. <laughs> did, did you stay? Did you give up on them, or are you, are you still a Dodgers fan, battling Heck with no. these? No. After they left 
Brooklyn, we were we hated him. Oh, jeez. So that, that's fair. I, I yeah, guess that wasn't right. That's fair. I guess. Yeah, I have I have plenty of friends that uh, hate the Oklahoma City Thunder be, that used to be huge uh, Seattle SuperSonics fans. Oh, yeah. used to, for, for that same oh, reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah, same well. idea. <laughs> that's great. Thanks. Thanks for that call. That that's well, true. True passion for sports. Well, it's for the history. Yes. Thank you very mucho. All right. Yeah. Thank well, you. Thank you very yeah. much. No. Adios. Yeah, it's it's funny that uh, my only real frame of reference for that story is uh, Forty Two, which is the historical fiction movie about Jackie Robinson that came out a couple years ago. There's moments similar to that, not not like that identical story of the white woman spilling a beer on a on a black woman in the crowd, but they they do a really good job kind of showing those types of moments in in I think it's Ebbets Field was the name of where the Dodgers played back then in New York. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah, so that yeah that, that was a really cool story. Uh, like it. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Whatever is on your mind going on in the world of sports, give us a call. 707-895-2448. So yeah, before, we gotta, uh, before we move on here, Z-Man, our, our, our texting fanatic, um, he, he tuned in late. Do you know the history of Lee Elder in in, in in black people that played professional golf? He think he thought he was asking if we were talking about Lee Elder. I've heard a lot Lee Elder. I'm guessing he was in the sixties or seventies. We were talking 1970, 1975, first African American to play in the Masters. That was Lee Elder? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So so Z, we were talking about um I forgot his name. Oh, Charlie Charlie Sip- Charlie Sipper. First first African American to play in the U.S. Open in 1959. But that's good. That's that's good to play. So, uh, did Lee Elder win it? Is that what you said, Jer? No, no. He, he didn't. He didn't make the cut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah we just participated in it. Let, where were we? This day? Are we moving on? Let me, let me talk a little bit about what happened today in sports. Do you have that's your sure. your segment. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about today in sports. Um, this is one that, Jim, I hope you don't check out too hard on, but uh, a friend of mine brought it to my attention. I thought I'd at least mention it. Um, apparently, there is a news story that came out uh, late last night into this morning. The college football playoff committee is considering an expansion from four to 12 teams for the college football playoffs, which wow. I know that you're not a big college football fan, Um I am I am not a huge fan either. This is a big deal, especially that they're at four right now. The fact that they may skip six and eight and are considering going all the way up to 12, um, I think it's desperately needed. I, I hate the bowl system. I think it's kind of silly. We've talked about that a little bit on the show in the past. Um, so I, I, would be all, I would be all for this. I would love to see a 12-team plan. Now, my thoughts are not that into college football, but I'm in the pl- playoffs. I'm in the playoffs. I, I don't right. care what sport it is. Uh, and you know, we've I've talked about this before. Why I want more playoffs in NBA basketball and less regular season games. The, I, I think I am the reason. The, the reason I have, I think, is why playoffs are so good. I like. I grew up on the streets playing basketball, Jamestown, New York, Buffalo area, like any other street ball. You lose, you sit. You go home if you lose. You lose or go home. Lose or sit down. I mean, win or sit down. Win or go home. So I think that's ingrained in in a lot of athletes, especially in basketball athletes, and they just play better because they don't want to quit. They they want to play the next night. 
So that's why I like playoffs. I, I like the on-the-line World Series baseball. If you lose the series, you're out. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always just, the little I've been a fan of college football, I think four teams has just always been absurd because it doesn't do a good job, like, encompassing what a playoff is supposed to be. Um, so I'm all for them going to 12. It sounds like they would do six highest-ranked conference champions and then the six highest-ranked other teams as determined by some power bracket poll or something. So, so I, I'd be all for it. I, this is This is brand new information? This is as of like last night into this morning. There's a report that came out that they're considering this expansion. So if you think about it, the way you just described that, I was going to ask you what the format map might be. If you think about it, they are taking off on. That's the same format, in quotation marks, as the NCAA Big Dance in March, March Madness. They have a certain amount given to certain um, league winners, right? And then mm-hmm. they have a certain amount of at-large given to anybody else they want to pick. So isn't that basically what they're doing in football? Uh, very broadly, yes. Yeah. yeah 707-895-2448. Give us a call if, if you want to talk about anything in, in your or anybody else's world world of sports. It's I, I guess it's a good time for me to... to uh, confess a little bit here Jared. sure i had no idea no idea how much better basketball was with crowd i i i i yeah i did not see it i last year in the bubble you know i i thought it was as good as anything and and i thought watching games without crowds i, I got so used to it that all of a sudden last week i started watching the nba more more than ever, I forgot what it was like with a crowd. It's a different sport. I'm 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 back to uh, enjoying watching with with a crowd. Yeah, it, it's funny. There was an article uh, in the uh, I don't think I'm gonna get the story right, uh, but I'm gonna try. I believe it was the Denver Post, the Denver newspaper, um, and they wrote a huge piece about how the Nuggets were down two two zero against the Phoenix Suns in, in their uh, semifinal uh, Western Conference semifinal. Uh, round, how the Nuggets were just looked completely caught off guard by how loud it was in that stadium. <laughs> and um, I heard, so I heard, I believe I, it. I heard the the, the, the loud, loudest new stadium right now is Philadelphia. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Uh, I, I had to say that that Utah game yesterday was awesome because the mm-hmm. crowd was so involved and so energetic. Um, that's a good call, Jim, on the, the difference of last year to this year and remembering what it's like to hear a full yeah. stadium is just screaming and yelling for crucial moments and, and also feeling their lull when their team's, you know, giving up a big run all of a sudden. Yeah. It yeah. really is. It's so, it's, a, it's, it's very um, obvious uh, just the effect it has uh, on the players and the whole, the, the audience too. It's too bad we had, um, Jared, maybe you can bring up the details real quick here while we have Vince on the line. We, we, we started it last week, and we said we you know might mention it again, but um, the fan interaction, that was the only downside of this whole thing. That was the only downer for me, some, seeing some idiots throwing bottles of water at, at players. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 No, but, it, but, it's really but, cool. And to, go ahead, Vince. Well, no, I was just going to say that seems, to, that seems to, for now, have subsided. 
and, and we're getting to finally see some some fun basketball and and proper fan interaction, which is huh. you know just the energy they bring. Yeah, it, I, I really like. I don't know. I don't know why more stadiums don't or arenas don't do this. Maybe I just don't notice it. But I loved that Utah's fans last night. They did the alternating colors depending on what section of the of the of the arena you yeah. were in. I feel like I don't. Yeah. I know I remember like other teams doing that every now and then, but I wish more teams would do that. I think it gives it a really like cool uniformed look to the entire arena. What, what are you talking about? Well, last night, so, Jim, uh, Utah has like the uh, the orange, the red, like the layers of those colors. So oh. they basically. What they probably did is, is everybody who walked in, in in a certain section, they gave away a T-shirt, it looks like to me. Right. And if you sit in this section, you're wearing a yellow-ish orange. And if you oh, in really? this section, you're wearing a red one. And it basically went all, you know, around the whole arena, those colors, like huh. alternated. You know, how so, they do, you know how they do yeah. that, in case you've never tuned in early enough, Vince, is they, they everyone gets a T-shirt that buys a ticket. They put the T-shirt on the seat. With, with, they, they, it's on. It's on the seat when you get yeah. there, I believe. Yeah. 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 Huh. No, it's pretty. It's pretty neat and fun. It's, it, it just adds to the atmosphere, Jerry. I totally agree. It just uh, kind of gives it gives the NBA kind of that college feel. Yep. Exactly. Which is why I like college exactly. so much more for for basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm with you both that it's it's really good that a crowd the crowd is back. Um, I have a buddy in Phoenix who went to. Uh, a first round game against the Lakers. And he said it was, it was absolutely crazy there. He's trying to get back. Uh, if there's a game five, he said he's going to try to go uh, Phoenix, Denver game five. Um, but yeah, he said it was absolutely wild, um, which is, well, which is well, well cool. Jerry, uh, with, with your um, draft coming up, if I could uh, maybe do, do a little, uh, <laughs> Vince wants a ticket. can I see Zion? Can I come up and see Zion? Maybe we could, we we can chat a little bit, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all my radar. Jerry, listen to this. Throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. Listen to this, Vince. So so the way they're doing it is all the partners. You get both tickets when you pick a game, obviously. So yeah. they're they're going to have two tickets. Jerry already told me. Uh, sorry, Jerry. You said it's too late now. He said he's he's actually going to do some of his draft specifically to get certain friends to come up and visit him. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have certain That's games smart. I'm picking That's to get smart. certain people to come visit me. Absolutely. Well, well, I will. I will gladly come to Portland, visit you, and go see Zion and Brandon and, and Ball and that group. I'll keep that I, in I mind. still love that Pelicans team. You still believe in that team? I'll, it sounds like. Hmm. Well, they're they're young, Jim, and they're yeah. they're they're a solid group of kids. I, I think Ball improved. Ingram's, uh, I, I think, quality enough. I was I was kind of disappointed they got rid of Holiday for Bledsoe, but. Um, that's a good team. It's, it's a team up and coming. I believe in both. I think both of the Ball brothers are going to be superstars. I just think they started early. I think they got some bad PR first, you know, from their dad. I think they're both. Yeah. I, I don't think it's too late for Lonzo to be a superstar. I think. I think if Lonzo stays in New Orleans and and, and pairs with Zion, whether yeah. Ingram pans out or, or it continues to be an injury plagued player. We'll see, but uh, Ball and Zion alone is a is a crazy good combination. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give a call. So, join join on in. Jerry, you have anything else for Vince? No, but well, but Vince, me, it sounds like you might have had something else. Go oh, yeah, you, you got any stuff yeah. to host stuff? We we talked recently about the horse that was you know 
you know, got caught with the steroids and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. we know about the baseball era steroids, and, and this topic's been pretty good for you guys. But uh, they're now investigating the pitchers in baseball. Oh, that's right. With foreign substances. And I just wanted to get your guy. You got not big baseball people, but uh, um, Jim, you're a math guy. And really quickly, while we're talking baseball, my yep. sports history, you know who Babe Ruth is, right? Yep. You know who Roger Maris is? Uh-huh. All right, so so those those for the longest time before the steroid era had the, the home run title, 60 and 61. Sure. On this day in sports history, they both hit their 19th and 20th home runs in a game on this date, I think it was like 25, 30 years apart, huh. in their seasons of hitting 60 and 61. So a little bit of math, cool. a little bit of a fun history that I thought I'd give you. I thought, uh, then I also wanted. Then I also wanted to hear your opinions on the uh, illegal substance in baseball pitching, and what you think about it as far as how much that has happened in history without really being known about. And I want to hop off here and give you guys a chance to talk about it, and hopefully somebody else calls in. Give a call back awesome. anytime, Vince. It, the the sticky finger, Jarrett, wasn't on our radar, but I talked about it at lunch today with with our medical. Uh, so just to be just to be clear, as always, let's back up a step here. Okay, okay. Um, Jim, how would you define a foreign substance that a pitcher is using in baseball? So, so you want me to explain what what they're talking about? Is that? Yeah, what? I want you to define what a foreign substance in baseball is. It's putting something on your f- fingers that increases the friction between your finger and the ball. It's only pitchers. It's pitchers only. Mm-hmm. It, it allows you to spin the ball faster. The first foreign substance, and if you haven't heard of this, Jared, then you're just way too young. The spitball. Remember this? I know the spitball. Yeah, I, the know, sp- I know the name. Yeah. That's the first sticky substance, and they banned spitball. You weren't allowed to put your fingers in your mouth before you threw the ball. Well, you can now, but you have to wipe your hand first. I know if that's you do it. it's, it's yeah. sort of a joke. So, so that was the beginning of, of of sticky fingers. They thought it was cheating to put. Well, that it's hard hard to call a foreign substance your own spit, but. Now they're having all these other ways that people are getting stuff, and it spins the ball faster. It makes it, I guess, uh, curve faster, go faster, break faster. I am an absolute key. Now, it's funny. At lunch today, we were. T- I was talking to Patty, our medical expert, and I was. Say- she asked me, "What do you think about the sticky finger stuff?" And and I thought about it, and I said, "I'm with." One of our crazier phone calls ever, the the woman that called in and said she wants a league of sports where anything goes, drugs, sports, stimulants, everything. You can do whatever you want to your body. Ruin it if you want. I want more home runs. Go ahead and do whatever you want. And, and I, I we, we laughed at that sort of because that, sports aren't going that direction. But it, with this case... I could care less what someone puts on their finger. They're still throwing the ball. I, I don't care. You know, it's, it's, I think this is something that, that should be allowed. Is I it mean, definitively proven, proven that this has a, a, a true impact, like the ball does curve faster or have a Oh, there, break there's no question. They, they, measure, they measure the rev- revolutions of the ball. The ball spins faster, it curves faster. And, yeah, and they, then, then, then it's... Then it's <laughs> 
I mean, technically, it's an unfair advantage for the pitcher over the batter because the batter doesn't get some kind of foreign. Su- I, I guess I would say, like, I would only think this is fair if the batter can get some kind of foreign substance that allows him to miss. Like, if, they do. Okay, here's, here, here's what I'll say. No, no, no. It, no, but th- that's different. That's injecting something in your body. No, if a no, pitcher's no, no. allowed to put it. No, hang on. If a pitcher is allowed to put a foreign substance on the baseball, a batter should be allowed to cork their bat. Like, no, I think that's the... Wait, that's wait the, a minute. No, the, the batter... The batter could put sticky finger stuff on there. The pine tar, they can put yeah, but pine... That doesn't help him, but that doesn't help him swing the bat faster. It helps him grip the bat. Yes, it does. The, the, yeah, but it doesn't... But it, sure, it helps him... It helps him grip the bat, but it doesn't make it any more likely that he's going to hit the ball. Yes, it does. You have more control. No, it yes, it does. You, Stop Oh, it. come on, baseball fans. Back me up here. If your hands are stuck to that bat better, you have better control of the bat. You're going to hit better. Hello, call. You're on the air. Bail me out, please. No, you're not. That's out of control. That's, that's absurd. Okay. Really quick. I, I'm jumping back in, guys. Nobody's, nobody's got you, so I'll get you back here. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, it absolutely helps you hit the ball better. Um, I, there's no question that pine tar on a bat handle helps a, a batter loosen his fingers up more like a golf, a golf club, and he's able to slap the ball, hit the ball, and get more wrist action with better grip on the Thank you, Vince. Before, that's the whole thing. So <laughs> the problem here is, is it's just like with the steroid era, only this, I think the steroid era, and potentially this is, is all going in the same direction, Ball players in baseball have been enhancing themselves or doing whatever for the history of time. I mean, that's what baseball is all about. Catchers used to scuff the baseball on their shin guards before they threw it back to the pitcher because they used the same ball the whole game. Now, you know, you'll see 10 baseballs get cast aside because it was thrown in the dirt one time because those scuffs help a, a pitcher get extra drop on their curveball or extra, you know, slide on their slider and, a quicker break and a harder break. So it's interesting to me in an era, I think what's happening right now is baseball's in an era where batting averages and strikeouts, batting averages are at the lowest, strikeouts are at the highest. It's pretty much all or nothing home run strikeout league. And so they're trying to find a reason to blame something else. And, oh, we could blame the pitchers who have been using weird substances for hmm. Eight decades, <laughs> you know, like. Let me get a. Yeah. Let me get another call. Thanks, Vince. You got. You're on the air of the sports phone. Hi, I've got a, a comment about the pine tar and the bats yep. uh, issue. Um, as a kid, I was fortunate enough to go see the Redwood Pioneers uh, when they still played at, at a high school field in Runner Park, and me and my family got to know them pretty well. And we've had ho- we've had them housed at our houses and stuff before. And uh, so, subsequently, we have a bunch of bats, broken bats and signed bats and stuff of them and the crushers and whoever else played in Runner Park back in the day. And uh, you're only allowed to put the pine tar up to a certain level on the bat. And I'm with Jim on this one. You definitely, me and my brother would swing those bats, and we'd get some with no pine tar and some with pine tar. And the pine tar is definitely an advantage to, to, uh, to swing to, to the grip on the bat. But there also have been instances uh, where pitchers putting uh, sandpaper in their pockets or uh, Vaseline on their hats, uh, all kinds of all kinds of weird things that uh, that I don't think should be should be legal uh, as far as mm-hmm. sticky fingers go. But as far as the pine tar thing goes, as far as I'm concerned, 
I mean, I was a little kid trying to swing a long bat, but it, you definitely get a better grip on the bat with a pine tar. There's no doubt about it. And you, you mean the, the batters will spit on their gloves and spit on their hats to this day, or rub them in the dirt, or whatever it takes to get a better, to get an advantage to grab the bat. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there, I guess, with the sticky finger thing. Sure. All right. Well, I'll admit I'm wrong on this one. That 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 came from a, a place of not knowing much about baseball. Uh, I will I will 100% admit I'm wrong on that. Uh, that that, that seen, pine tar does not help. Right. I've also seen instances where the umpire called the batter out for having the pine tar too high up on his bat. Hmm. Interesting. So What's I don't the, know if you guys knew about that. You're only allowed to run the pine tar up to the the major la- the label that's in the middle of whatever Louisville sure. plug or whatever you got going on huh. up to that portion of the bat if it goes above that label then you are out that's that's probably huh. messing with where the ball hits the bat for some reason but right right yeah. so there's a, there's another uh, sports trivia for you it, it's just, in case thanks, you guys were wondering about that thanks for the call like seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight one more person the Z man yes pine tar helps the batter. But I was th- wrong. Okay, no, let, 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 me, <laughs> let me finish here. You are wrong so little, and I, I make stuff up, and you call me on it all the time. So you got to give me a break here. Yes, no, pine, pine tar helps the batter, but it is more of a safety issue than a, than a than the bat going into the stands is a big deal, and it's killed. Right. Okay. Okay. So this actually goes to my point indirectly. So I thank Z for the text here. I guess what I was trying to say was that they're not equivalent, right? Like, just because you have better grip on the bat, that doesn't counteract the fact that a pitcher can make the ball spin spin faster. They're, okay. they're not an equal unfair advantage. A pitcher, One doesn't balance out the other. He adds on that a pitcher getting a better grip on the ball is a pure function of cheating. Yes. And, yeah, okay, and, there we go. There we go. Okay. See, he just knew how to put that point better than I did. Hello, Cole. You're on um, the air. You're on the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment, you know, I've been on this topic before where, you know, these are all just games of rules. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And we get them together and we say, all right, we got a couple constants and we got a few variables. And, (laughs) you know, if you can do your variables right, you know, using these constants, then we'll call you the winner of this game. And we (laughs) set up the rules. So... If I say, all right, you can use an aluminum baseball bat, or you can, you know, like college, or you can use only a hardwood baseball bat, like in the pros, it is just you're setting the rules for whatever game it is you're going to play. Right. So, so if we turn a constant into a variable, we have dramatically changed the function of the game. So we really have to ask, what's our goal? If your goal is to have a bunch of people with, Balls that are consistent and bats that are consistent. And then maybe if you don't smoke and drink and you, you know, don't do this or you do do steroids, you can affect another variable that allows you to go out there and hit the ball harder. But it, there is no right or wrong to this. It's just, okay, what do we have for constants and what do we have for variables and how much latitude do we ask in, do we allow in the variables? I mean, that's all this is. It's an equation. That's a good point. Caller, I'm curious, just because of the way you speak, are you a math teacher by any chance? I'm just curious with all the math terms you're using. <laughs> no. But I, <laughs> I love it. No. 
I love it. No, no, it's, I, I really like the way you explain that in math terms because it, 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 it's so, a very good description. So in your your term, so in your terms, then the constant for the pitcher, as stands now, is you can't put a sticky substance on your finger. That's the rule. That's the constant. So then the right. only variables are how strong the pitcher is, the only variables on, on how well he can control or, or she can control their muscles, yada, yada, yada. So you would add another variable if you said sticky substances are allowed. Right, because you have now changed, you've now changed your constant. The, you know, the, the, the tactile force between the ball and the hand has now been change that's a new parameter so somebody else might be bigger and stronger and throw a faster ball than you but i have this new magic stickum substance that i can use and all of a sudden i can overcome that advantage that the other individual has Until and we have that's what's our goal is <laughs> our goal to have oh you know let's like say i say all right i'm gonna pitch but you know i'd really like to move the pitcher mound 10 feet closer to the batter <laughs> Well, why not? Why can't I do that? Well, because we got to set a constant that doesn't allow you to do that. Because that's the game we're playing. You know, what's the difference between, you know, playing rugby and playing football? You know, it's American football. It's, yeah, it's a set of rules. It's the constant. And mm-hmm. so we have to decide when one game comes another game. When When is it something else? What's the difference between... You know, softball and hardball. Well, okay, maybe it's the density of the ball. Why aren't we throwing softballs out there or hardballs in a softball game? Well, because those are the constants we pick. I got, I got it. I got your your, your points well taken. Uh, I love it, Mister Math. Let me get another call. Thank you so much. You're on the air. Yeah, uh, just briefly, uh, just just the other day, um, I don't know if it was on NPR or The World or something, there was a nice little piece about this issue, and and uh, Holman was on that described the, the method, or a method, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a little sack of uh, chalk on the mound for the pitcher to use, mm-hmm. and what they, what they do is they, you know, they're slathered in sunscreen, and if they rub their hands of a lot of chalk and then get, you know into their elbow where there's a pool of sunscreen they can make this really sticky mess that um <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's not you know it's, they, they've pushed it to extremes you know so so anyway, that's just a little point of information so is so so wait a minute if you're going to bring up that that great sticky situation here i want to ask you just to, i'm sort of taking a poll here is that okay if everyone can do it yes or no if, uh, if everybody can do it, you know, should it I be allowed? Maybe they need to have some kind of sticky meter, and there's some limit on how far you can go with it. <laughs> if the ball is not round anymore, I don't know. <laughs> Once the ball becomes egg-shaped, then we've crossed the line. Is it equivalent to using steroids? Is it the same argument? I'm, I'm trying to be serious here. Is it the same argument that would be, okay, if everyone can use steroids, it would be even? Well, yeah, I mean, I would go back to that original caller and, and say, you know, there there needs to be a league where, where that's allowed. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to have it, you know, a uh, race to the bottom or whatever it is uh, yeah. in the game. At race now. The I mean, there could be a league where any old stuff could happen, you know. But um, I, nah, I, I would be hesitant to 
Things like that tend to get, go beyond, you know. For, for very, for very. Get abused. They, they get abused. And, uh, I don't yeah. know. I think it would be a mess. Tremendous. So, the, the only, the only distinction, and the only distinction I would draw would be uh, impacting an object in sports is probably different than impacting your body. As huh. like from a health, especially from a health standpoint, like there's no health risk in rubbing sunscreen on your elbow and then you know chalking your hand and getting some grip on it or spinning on the baseball or something. Huh. I mean, they're probably you could probably make an argument there's some health risk somewhere, but compared to steroids impacting yeah. your body, right? Like there's a difference oh, yeah. between those different types of cheating. I would say. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Great subject. I can't remember how this <laughs> one got started. The, uh, okay, I'm going to get off here. Thanks for the call. Awesome. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, right on caller from the Z-Man. I, I love this. I love the text uh, uh, input here. Right on for the caller. The rules are the rules. and They're for the good of the game. You've got to have some faith. And then I'm adding ad-libbing on to that. I think you have to have some faith on someone who's making up the rules, Jer. Well, now that we're talking about rules, Jim, <laughs> yeah, I this is going to totally catch you out of left field, but I know we talked about this a little bit, and we're, we're talking about rules and sports and stuff. Um, Jim and I got into a conversation, uh, and I, I think that this would be something that I think we could get some calls about. I think there might be some people out there with opinions on this. Um, Jim and I got into a conversation the other day about, I don't remember what spurred this on, but we had a conversation about what would be a rule in some sport that you would want to add or change. Oh, so if, if you could play sport god of the, the you know, or something, or like the master of a sport, you were the czar, what would be one thing you would change or add to any sport? Any rule, you could make any changes to it. And Jim and I came up with kind of a fun little list just going back and forth. Um, do you, have Jim, my, do you, do you have, remember any of those off offhand? Uh, I hope you wrote them down. Do you remember what mine were? No. That's why I, I remember a couple of mine. Um, so, but seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. If you've got anything you want to talk about, if you've got any rules you would like to see added or okay. modified in a sport, feel free I've, to give us a call. But I have a couple, Jim. If you don't remember, any you, you start with one. It'll probably I'll probably remember mine. Yeah. So the first one that I have, and I've been pushing for this for a long time. Um, I I want to see the NFL adopt college football overtime rules. Um, I think that the the, the, the sudden death that was was silly. Then they modified it to it's. Oh, if you kick a field goal, the other team can kick a field goal, and then it becomes sudden death. Or if one team scores a touchdown, it's still. It's just. It's. It's really silly, and I don't like it. Um, I think college football has such a beautiful overtime system. Put what? that in the NFL. Back them up if you want to. Make them start from the forty or the forty-five instead of the twenty or whatever they do in college football. But it's just baffled me. There's been so much critique of NFL playoffs. And there's a perfectly good system just sitting there to be used. I, I don't understand why it hasn't been used. So that's that's one of the ones I've harped on for a while. Um, Jim, I, I can prompt you for one if you don't remember. I'll, it, I'll pr yeah, you can prompt me for one in a second, but I want to add to yours a little bit. If if I was going to change a rule in general for all sports in the world, I get rid of all ties for one thing. You cannot. I mean, okay. I, I, sure. I can't imagine. Sure. I, I like basketball where they're going to play as long. Someone's going to win. I don't care if it's sudden death, but you got to have a winner. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Yeah. Hi. I'm just right there with Jerry. I do not like the sudden death. It should just yes. just be abolished, gone. Yes. <laughs> In football. In any sport. 
Yeah. Oh. I agree. I agree. Okay. Do you like color? Do you like ties? Do you want to have ties in sports? Well, I like ties, and I kind of like the little overtime sometimes when you do like two times ten or whatever you do. But sudden death is brutal, awful. It should not be allowed. Oh, I, I can't stand it. And, and Paul, Jim, I don't know if Jim's going to remember this story about color. I'll let you land on a little secret. Um, many, many years ago, uh, Jim and I put together a Memorial Day three-on-three basketball tournament at the Mendocino Middle School. That's right. And Jim wanted to run in the situation of ties. He wanted to run sudden death for the overtime. And I fought him tooth and nail on that for, like, <laughs> multiple days when we were making the rules for that tournament. It was based on time. We had to, it was Good. an elimination tournament, and we, we yeah. But if both teams don't get a chance, it's no, it's silly. Sudden death is no, the dumbest no, rule in it sports. Is. Yeah, oh, it should it. be gone. Yeah. Well, in, oh, okay. I love it, hey, thank I love you. It. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Boy, Jim, so the one that I don't know if you remember any of yours. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a call if you want to talk about sports. Um, right now, we're talking about what is one rule you would change in any sport, or one rule you would add to any sport. Um, Jim, the one that I don't know if you remember, uh, but the one that you've always wanted has to do with fouling out in basketball. Oh, yeah. Well, let me yeah. give my idea then. And, and do, do you know where my idea comes from? You, you got this from Jeff Van Gundy, who's a color commentator for ESPN. Yeah, and, and I, I actually agree with him. I think we should make fouling out way more interesting. I, I do agree that you can't just foul all you want and we're going to keep. But his point was for the fans. And he was specifically saying this for the fans, Jer, um, that if a player fouls out, and he, his worry is someone spent you know two hundred dollars to sit up in the in the rafters in a basketball game, you know spend spend their hard earned money, and all of a sudden LeBron James fouls out of a game in the third quarter, and it also makes the game more boring when you get the superstars fouling out. So mm-hmm. you have to a player gets six fouls. There's now increased risk if that player plays the game. If he plays the game and creates another foul, the other person gets five points or whatever, automatically on the game. But yeah, or like four or like four free throws in the balls back and the ball back or, or some or some two, extreme rule. Or two points and a free throw. And each time that player that's fouled out, there's how many extra they get for his or her seventh foul, eighth foul, ninth foul, right along, along the line. Whereas if you want to risk keeping your player in there, that they better not foul again. And I, I agree. I, I, don't, I never remember Jeff Van Gundy giving an example of what should be done, but that's my idea of just making the risk of them fouling more and more and more and more instead of kick them out of the game. Mm-hmm. Th- thanks for remembering that, Jer. I, m- yeah, I remember no, talking. No, for sure. I know that's that's your big one. Uh, 707-895-2448. Got about 13 minutes and change left on the sports phone here, so give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Anything that is on your mind going on in the world of sports, give us a call, 707-895-2448. little review here. We've been talking about sticky fingers. Should you be able to throw, let's call it modern-day spitballs sure. as, as a pitcher. Um, we've been talking about... Um, geez, well, what rule would you add to any sport? Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hi, yeah, so as far as the adding points to extra foul outs and, and continuing to add points for multiple foul outs in the, in the NBA game, yep. I would be a little bit concerned about the 
history of the referees betting on games and things like that and corrupting the game a little bit and knowing who's going to win by just calling unnecessary fouls so they or their friends or whoever could win bets. I don't think sure. you can. I, no, come on. I hear both of you. I, I don't think yeah. you you can't design this based on dishonesty. I mean, you have to assume. you got to assume that that that, would, that it's up and up to begin with. I think it gets crazy. I would, I would hope with all my heart that they would follow the rules and that, that, that everybody uh, does rep and, and judge by the rules. But we've seen in the past that that's not necessarily the case. And as humans go, humans are 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 uh, power hungry people. Like you said before, where somebody's going to violate the rule with the with the transgender issue, somebody's going to violate the rule, and someone's going to take advantage of it. And because that's the way people are, and I just I just assume that that, that at some point that that would, be, that would cause a problem at some point in the in the betting pool. Sure, I buy it. I mean, I, I buy it just from the context of the NBA as. You pointed out, caller. There's a few referees specifically that have been, like have been revealed as you know shaving points and doing those types of things. So, yeah, I, I think there's there's the concern there. Um, I think we're definitely speaking about it more from like a hypothetical standpoint, like just like things we'd like to see. But no, I think in in, a, in practice that is absolutely a valid concern. I buy that. Right. So, uh, thank you very much for listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for the call. Bye bye. Yeah, see ya. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Um, another one, basketball-related. I, I don't know how I feel about this one. I think I'd want to see it and see how it plays out. I want to see a four-point shot with how far back shooting has gotten at this point. Um, I, I want to see how it impacts the game. I want to see if like there's no more layups and dunks, like if everything just becomes twos and threes and if that just fully eliminates the bigs from the league. Um, Jim, I cannot hear you at the moment, just to give you a We got up. someone on the line here. Oh, perfect. Go for it. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, uh, it's Patty. Um, hey, Patty. I, I started listening a little bit late, so I'm not sure if you guys already talked about um, what we were talking about today, Jim. One of the things we were talking about today, which was the um, the – the children skipping high school to go directly go pro. Did you guys talk about that yet? We no, no. We were um, oh, we we were talking about the sticky fingers mostly. And yeah, I'm no, up, I, heard, I heard I heard that I heard that part. Yeah. But yeah, I, Patty, I me, thought that was such context. an interesting topic, and I I just wanted to I oh I I know how you feel, <laughs> but I thought it would be a good one to discuss. Um, and I think just to give you like my opinion, um, I, I had mentioned earlier, um, how I thought the way that the, um, they, especially, I think it's when they only do this with soccer, but they could do it with other sports in Europe where, um, you know, kids are kind of like gotten into a, a track, like for, for football, like they're scouted at pretty young ages and they're kind of tracked through the system. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that we don't have a similar sim- uh, system here um, and that the, these athletes, I mean, I, I value education a lot, but I also think that they're not even really getting an education, some of them, um, that, that are playing college sports. Uh, so anyways, I, I was wondering just what the thoughts were on that. Well, it's, it's, so just to, just to confirm real quick that we're talking about the same story, because I, I want to make sure I'm contextually yep. talking about the right thing. Um, there was a story, this is from a couple of weeks ago, um, that the number seven prospect in, uh, in high school basketball in the class of 2022, so he's a junior next year, 
um, he has announced that he is going to skip college and go straight into the NBA's new developmental league. Um, we're talking about the same story, right, Patty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my quick version on this, and then I'll let Jim talk if, if, if he's got anything. I love this. Um, I have long been a believer, and I, I know there's other callers that have been a, a believer in this as well. I think college basketball is in a really bad state right now because of the NBA's rules about you have to have had one year of college or be 19 years old. Um, I think the NBA has long needed a developmental league because if they're going to put that rule in, they need a way to get players into their pipeline, kind of like minor league baseball does at an earlier point. Um, I I don't really put much into the education thing. It's just like, it's you know, if, if someone's smart enough to go work for Microsoft, they don't need an education. If someone's good enough for, to go play basketball, why do they need to go get an education type thing? I, I, that's how I look at it. Um, I think that this helps the NBA having a developmental league, and I also think it's going to help college basketball by getting the one-and-dones out of college basketball, and it's going to make for, I think, more interesting college and professional basketball in the long term. That's and, my opinion. And it's going to love it. Young, how young can people be when they go into the minor league system? Baseball? So, yeah, for baseball, yeah. I, I so totally forgotten about that, that we do have kind can, of a, a similar system to the European yeah. soccer one. That, that's a really good question. I don't know the specific age. I just know that you can get drafted straight out of high school. I don't know if there is an okay. age, but but I get it's either 17 or 18. Um, I don't know when we were talking about this at lunch. Uh, I was trying to read your, your – I, I got very passionate about this, Patty, when we were talking about it at it's, lunch. Sorry, Jim, let me let me answer that question real quick. Uh, let me jump in. It's, it's, it's 18 years old for U.S. players and 17-year-olds for international players. For baseball. For baseball. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, but but I, I I jumped right at that, Patty, when we were talking before, and I said, that's not fair. You cannot tell an adult, an 18-year-old, that's what we're defining an adult, where they can yeah. work and where they can't work. This has nothing to do with sports. That's that's my uh, opinion. You you have well, to... Well, and like, just, just to take it like a step further, and this this is... I'm try, I've been trying to rack my brain in terms of like, do we have anything else that's similar here? I look at like child actors and i'm not going to say that like everything that happens with child actors is okay but they often end up not going to school and going straight into acting at very young ages and so it's just interesting that there are different standards for different professions um Mm -hmm. and like how early like somebody who might be very talented can enter said professions and and the the other thing go ahead Jim. Jim. you go well i was just to say basketball has has lagged behind compared to other sports in this realm. Like, baseball has a very built minor league system. Um, even the NHL has, I don't think it's necessarily minor leagues, but they have a lot of, like, independent leagues that feed into the NHL in certain forms. The NBA's developmental league is has is a new thing. Like, the it started as, it was called the D-League, and then it right. got changed to the G-League. Um, but it was even at certain points more for just players that weren't good enough to be in the NBA. There were older players in that league. The fact that they are pivoting it now to be a more developmental thing for young players that want to skip high school, I, they're catching up. And the NBA is usually a pretty progressive league. They were very behind the, the eight ball with this for a long time. Jerry, do you know if the women's NBA has the same rules as the NBA? Uh, I don't. And the hmm. I'm going to assume they don't. And the only reason I would say that is I've never seen a four, anything beyond like a three, four-year college basketball player in the WNBA. I don't think you ever hear about someone getting drafted straight out of high school. But 
I've I, never I don't heard know. Either. That, that's a good question. Yeah. And and Patty, by, by the way, the, the one word you used that you may not be aware because you know we talked and you said you've lost a little bit of your consistency of following sports when you were at home in Chicago, yada yada yada, and you went to school and all that. <laughs> um, and now we're talking about sports mm-hmm. again. And there is a, there is a tracking system in basketball. It's mostly for colleges, not for pros. But the AAU system in basketball is developed all. Oh over, yeah, no, I know AAU. Yeah, all, all over the country. And yeah, but that. Yeah. The, the, wait a minute. Let me finish, Jared. The, there's stats. I mean, sorry. There's scouts that work for multiple colleges that follow AAU players, and they're feeding them information. And they're so. So anyway, there is that tracking. What were you going to say? That's extremely different, though. Because yeah, I did AAU as part. well, so I'm familiar with it for, for basketball. But, yeah, I, I just, again, like, I feel like the I, – I just kind of think about the, the system in Europe and, and how, like, like that the system is, is starts at a very early age um, to kind of track people in to, to professional football over there. And we, we don't have anything like that here, and I just – I think that's interesting. Hmm. Well, Dockage is part of that. I, I think I was right when um, – when I, we were talking, that Dockage, Luca Dockage, they keep saying he was playing pro sports at fourteen. Well, he he did because again, those same big European basketball teams are owned by the same people that own the base, the soccer teams, and it's mm-hmm. the same, there's the same developmental systems in those. That's it. It's not just a European soccer thing. It's it's a European sports thing in general. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, so, it, for it example, sense, like did but, Real, but Real Madrid has one like of the, the most. I think the other benefit is that you get you, like people who are like you know very talented and very skilled. They're given access to really good trainers. I mean, I would think and I would hope um, yeah. that can help support their skill level and then also just help get their bodies trained like appropriately for the type of athlete that they are and you don't get yep. that you don't get that kind of high quality um in high school and and not, not even necessarily in college yeah uh jim i know we're running a little short on time here uh, but i want to get out the WNBA question real quick because uh, i found it straight out of the WNBA uh players uh manual so to speak um, someone is eligible to be in the WNBA if they are at least 22 years old during the calendar year the draft is being held or has graduated from a four-year college or university. Jim, you were That's good. Again. Yep, no, that, that's uh, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. We're yeah, out so of time. Over. we got to go, Jerry. Cool. Thanks, All guys. Right. Great show. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. Bye. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll be back next week. That'll be June 18th. Thanks for everyone that called in, and we'll talk to everybody next time on the Sports Phone. That's about it, Jer. Good to talk to you. This has been a production of KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.